The 2019 GrassFed Exchange Conference, hosted in Santa Rosa, California from April 3rd to April 5th, is only two and a half weeks away. This conference is the conference for regenerative producers and sustainable food supporters. Amazing tours of the most innovative beef ranches and dairy farms, speakers like Charles Massey, Donica Markegaard, Joe Morris, and Cynthia Daly, and invigorating breakout sessions on topics like multi-species production, building resilience, wildfire prevention and recovery, and combating desertification. It really is a can't-miss event. Head over to grassfedexchange.com to register today before March 25th. We hope to see you there. You're listening to the Regeneration Rising podcast. We bring young agrarians and their mentors together in conversation around the challenges and the joys of life in agriculture. The average age of the American farmer is 58 years old and rising. In order to rejuvenate our fields and rangelands with a new generation of farmers, ranchers, and land stewards, we need to talk about mentorship. We need to talk about effective land transition. We need to explore what it means to apply regenerative values not only with the land, but also with the people who tend it. Together, we can build thriving ecosystems and an abundant future. My name is Ariel Bobbitt. And my name is Shauna Burhans, and we'll be facilitating these conversations. We are Regeneration Rising. We are Regeneration Rising. We are Regeneration Rising. We are Regeneration Rising. I was an apprentice at Round River, and um, I do a lot of different things, uh, taking care of fences and checking cattle and working, moving cattle and working the corrals. And I could keep going. I think I'll stop there. <laughs> I'll pass it to Lewis. Hi, I'm Lewis Martin. I am uh, founder of Round River Resource Management and mentor for this great bunch of guys and girls. I'm Willard Humphreys III. I'm an apprentice. I've been an apprentice since March. I'm Mariana Zavala, and I am an NAP apprentice with Round River Resource Management and have been here since September, so I'm kind of the new one. And I'm Christopher Burke. Uh, I'm the Director of People and Culture at Round River, and I help run the apprenticeship program. So I think I'll start off with the first question. Um, The one that really stood out to me is... What are you most grateful for in terms of how this work has shaped you? Um, I feel like getting to be a mentor this year and to have a lot of influence over how the apprenticeship program was structured and the tone that we approached it with was a huge opportunity to draw on a lot of experiences in my life, not just agricultural, and to kind of let them coalesce in one thing, one experience um, that I really believed in. So something that I'm really grateful for is just the opportunity to do it at all. Uh, I'd never had that before, and that was huge. I'd have to say I'm most grateful for having mentors that are willing to take the chance with me. Prior to being an apprentice, it was a lot of uh, lost traction, a lot of hoping someone would take a chance with a non-traditional agriculture background. And so having the ability to walk in somewhere and having you guys, you know, allow me to learn and grow has been an amazing experience. And I'm grateful for that. And I, I do feel like I have traction now with great mentors. 
I would definitely have to say a lot of it is along the same lines of what Willard shared. I started in September, so quite a bit later than many of the other apprentices did. And when I had started applying to Kavira apprenticeships back in January, I had heard back from a couple and had great conversations, but was told basically, you know, we think you're great, but you don't quite have enough of the meat in your experience that we feel confident in taking you on. And so I felt like I deflated my own balloon of confidence pretty prematurely um, and started to question again what I was trying to do or where I was trying to go. Uh, and it was Chris and Lewis who really took the time. They said, hey, we know you're going to try and go somewhere else and not do a career apprenticeship starting in March, but we would love to talk to you, possibly interview you. And, and then I came out in May and had a a day with them on the ranch and because of their confidence in me and their hope in me I'm here now. In some ways it's really hard to even understand um, how the extent that the work has shaped me and you know, coming from a background other than agriculture and especially other than ranching and then stepping in and being part of a, a very full-on ranching experience um, was in so many different ways very perspective altering and I think the way that the experience has just changed my perspective and shaped the way that I think and understand about agriculture and ranching um, is something that I'm really grateful for. Well I'm not quite sure what to say I'm coming from a little different perspective but uh, <laughs> how, think, how long have you been a mentor Lewis? Uh, well we started uh, Round River and Brett Gray Ranch uh, in uh, 2008, so we're in our 10th year of a uh, intern and apprenticeship program. Uh, for me, though, uh, it goes back to my early uh, interest in ranching and uh, agriculture. Uh, skipped a generation in my family, and uh, so I have a keen understanding of what it takes to get into agriculture and the challenges uh, young people face uh, between experience, uh, capital investment, and all that sort of thing. So whenever I uh, was able to found Round River, that was a key component of our business plan. And we've grown, and Chris has stepped in and helped make it grow even farther. And it's a real joy to see all the interns and apprentices grow during the process. I'd like to hear everyone's, I guess, most favorite aspect of the apprenticeship for the three of us and then mentoring for the past couple months since March. I know we all have quite a few things that kind of made us grow either as an apprentice or as a mentor with an individual or, or the group of us, the whole company. Man, the biggest moment in my whole time, I think really was when I dumped the liquid feed off the back of the trailer, <laughs> by far. And I think it, it says a lot about both Chris and Lewis because I, I didn't feel like I was um, the most knowledgeable starting out. And with it starting, um, cold and with a lot of things that I didn't know I walked in there, I was definitely nervous about my work and then to have that happen what like two weeks into it oh my gosh yep. I thought I was gonna get fired <laughs> it was one of the scariest things uh, going up to Lewis and telling him 
that I dumped a whole bunch of liquid feed off the back of a trailer going up one of the hills. But I think for me, that really allowed me to gain trust in the company and the mentors and who I was working for. Because when it fell off, we all worked together to get it back on the trailer and salvage as much liquid feed as we could, even with the situation at hand. We were able to do it, and we made we made things happen. So starting in September and being in a little bit of a different position than both Willard and Daniel, um, coming in, I feel like I have access to four mentors in a way. Um, and coming from a place that was not the work that I was doing previously, I felt like I was just doing the work. I wasn't growing. There was no confidence in me that was building. And it was pretty instantaneous, pretty much the first day, the first week, the first couple of weeks on the Brett Gray, that I was being surrounded by people who believed in the work I was doing and the work that I could do. And the lightness of spirit that I felt after that completely just flipped the page for me. Um, as for major moments, I have had none yet. I've had a few little things here and there, which <laughs> some of you guys may have been present for, but no flipping the <laughs> truck full of liquid feed <laughs> like that. But yeah. I, I think a, a really memorable moment for me was um, when we were working in the riparian area, which is uh, a more intensive part of the ranch. Uh, I think that was a big challenge for everybody not just because it was more work but it was a different type of work and seeing each of the apprentices uh, come to terms with what that was and everybody having their own issues with what they were seeing um, I don't I don't know I I guess it's odd that one of my favorite moments was a whole bunch of challenges but to me I could see everybody wrestling with ranching which is where you want to be um, dealing with it at a high level, asking great questions, and just trying to figure out, you know, where do I fit in with all this? So that was a great moment. Having been an apprentice or an intern in some capacity over the last three years, I've, I feel like I've gotten some perspective and understanding about the way that I learn and what is really valuable about an apprenticeship program and, 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 and what's valuable about the way that a mentor will go about teaching an intern or an apprentice. And one of the things that really stands out maybe more than anything else that I've learned in that time is the really critical importance of, um, for the apprentice to be in a position where he has to make decisions um, where he has responsibility and the team is counting on him. A lot of times, you know, in the past, probably the majority of the time, really, uh, as an intern and apprentice, I was in a position where I wasn't really making decisions or I didn't have responsibility. I had people telling me what I should do or I was kind of observing what other people were doing and kind of tagging along. And that's a very different paradigm. Um, and so I really appreciate the the level of trust um, that Round River put in the apprentices and the willingness to give us responsibility. Um, and so that extra level of decision-making responsibility really just uh, cemented the learning that we go through all the more. And that 
that's something that I don't think can be understated. First time we were working the bulls in the corrals and going to do the semen tests, I was up in the in the corrals, and I was the only apprentice there. And then Lewis was working the shoot, and Lewis like turned to me and was like, "Go get the bulls," and I had never worked with the bulls before, and uh, and I was like, "Well." Definitely. I mean, I knew at that moment that I could do it because I knew that I could trust Lewis and trusted his judgment and that um, that if he was willing to give me that responsibility, that I could do it. And so I had to, like, muster up some courage, get in that pen with the bulls and walk them up into the tub. And at first, first I was pretty scary, but then I was really thankful that I um, pushed through that. And I think I learned a lot that and grew a lot well i could probably share a long list of things that uh, i have seen <laughs> but we won't do that today i think uh the thing my my job and challenges to uh provide you with enough information to get the job done but not tell you how to do it and help hopefully help you avoid making some of the same mistakes i've made we've been talking a lot about you know, all the great things that we've seen and, and the support, but there are a lot of people that aren't on that side of things, right? There are people who don't think they should get into this or it's not the right time or they're not finding the right situation for them um, or they've been through a whole bunch of situations and never really clicked with any of them. Um, when I was in those positions, the most valuable thing was to hear from somebody that you know, keep trying. Like, there's hope. There's, there's going to be the right place for you, and this is a job worth doing. So, what I wanted to ask you guys is, what would you say to someone, or to yourself, maybe in the past? I think prior to coming to Round River, I was struggling a lot to find where I belonged in agriculture in general. I had switched over from another career path, and. I don't have anyone in my family that's been a farmer or a rancher or really dealt with anything in agriculture. So I didn't know where to go or what to do or who to turn to. And um, I did need I did need that person to just kind of tell me, keep going, like it'll work out and you'll find your way. And so I'd say to anyone that's with, that's out there is build build the community, find people, go out and talk to people, I think for the most part, all of us in agriculture are willing to at least tell you something that's uh, valuable to your path forward. Maybe we, maybe you can't get hired by that person or they can't give you something right there, right then, other than advice. But it's, it's so important to go out and just talk to them. And I think we all kind of embody the idea that um, we should be who we want to to like look up to back in the day we, we we all have this ability to be that person that we wanted you know 10 years ago 15 years ago 40 years ago a year ago a month ago yesterday and I think people are willing to talk so you just have to go out and reach out and be willing to to listen to them uh that was really well said Willard um and I've always one of the things I've admired most about the people that I work with here at Round River is that people are very transparent about their experiences 
and that helps me come to terms with my own some of which have been good and some of which have been far from good um one of the things that I have come to realize in the journey and the meandering and sometimes hectic and sometimes heartbreaking trail that leads you to whatever your experience in agriculture is going to be uh, is that whatever struggles you bring to the table that you had in the past or currently have in some way that can be turned into a positive motivating factor and that is a message that makes you unique so yes we're all at the table yes we all care about regenerative ag yes we're all ranching but that particular thing that you experienced is uniquely your own um, and when you can go forward from that point and then share that to whoever might be behind you on that trail um, there's there's nothing but value in it because it lets people know that they're not alone and I think the biggest thing is feeling like like you've got people around you I think for someone that's going into agriculture that doesn't have any background in that and this goes you know for anybody who's going into a new direction in life when you step out you know you don't know hardly really anything about agriculture and what that looks like and there's agriculture is such a huge field and there's so much going on within it but the other thing that's really important to remember too is that you also don't really know so much about yourself and so not only is this journey about learning about agriculture it's also about learning about yourself and until you step out and, and start doing it you're not gonna be able to learn those things about yourself until you're in that experience and so you're gonna i think you know we're all gonna hit these stages in life where we feel like we're not in the right place but what that is is like a learning experience you're learning that and then you're learning about yourself and you're learning why that is and so i think it's really important just to remember that from the beginning and and then with each step to have that open mind well i agree with daniel i think it's a journey in trying to learn and figure yourself out figure out who you are uh i guess i would probably direct this comment more to uh the producers and ranchers that are currently out there for i think we're at a tipping point right now and for generations we've discouraged our young people from to leave the encourage them to leave the ranch that you can't make a sustainable living on the farm or ranch and uh, now one of the biggest complaints i hear is i can't get any good help well whose fault is that I think that we have to uh, look at where we're at, where the demographics, uh, farmers and ranchers are getting to age where there's no doubt there's gonna be a shift in transition. And we're at a crisis point now that we don't have anybody to replace them. And so I think it's imperative that we uh, work with young people and try to teach them. Don't expect them to just come in here and know everything that, uh, there is about farming and ranching because it's taken all of us a lifetime to learn it. Chris, I want to hear about I want to hear about uh, your bread and butter kind of is building the community at Round River, and I want to hear about how long it's kind of taken you, what the thought process has been, how you embody it, how you feel about all of it, and how it's been changing since when you created you know like kind of a plan for it. Oh, so since developing it at Round River, yeah. 
<laughs> You're on the spot. That's a big question. Um, I mean, to go back to one of the first answers, which is it was such a big opportunity. I, I didn't realize that I had actually been working towards that probably for a good 20 years. And, and that was some of what made it so special. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't see the connections to all these books I had read and experiences I had had. They were all just loose things. So to be honest, I had been thinking about it for at least 20 years, maybe more. Um, so th there's that side of it. Uh, how I'm seeing it changing, I mean, to me, the point was always to just give it the, the, the right fertile ground to grow and then to just back off and let it be what it's going to be because if you try to direct it or, or stop it from going in a certain direction you're going to kill whatever energy is in there so how I've seen it changing is uh, when I put it in place as best as I could imagine it uh, it was just me so it was just my thoughts and Lewis's thoughts and the hope that this will go somewhere. Uh, I honestly, there was a point where I didn't know if we would have any apprentices, not just because you you have all these doubts in your head. You're, you're looking at all the applications, like what if, what if we boil it down to two people and neither of them show up? That's a that's a real possibility. Where's the apprenticeship program then? Um, so there was a lot of moment of doubt. Um, but as you guys started showing up. Um, you could see it taking on a life of its own, right? Each person bringing their own energy to it and losing control over it a bit. And it's necessary. If somebody else is going to be involved, you can't control that anymore. Um, and where I'm seeing it going now is, is even better than I could have hoped for within a single year. Um, things are growing faster. I think we're making more connections with people faster than I thought that we would. Um, and that's putting me in the position now of being able to help other people trying to establish apprenticeships to help guide them with, well, this doesn't really work or watch out for this. This is going to be a challenge for you and help them think about the scope of what they're doing and, and different practices. I think one of the most I don't even know if inspirational is the right word, but hearing through Lewis's support of what Chris's and Lewis's vision was going to be, hearing Chris's words as he's speaking to me, a possible apprentice at the time, it wasn't something that just inspired me. It moved me. And I think that that is why many of us want to get involved in agriculture in the first place. There's something about it that moves us. It might not make sense. It might be a little nuts but there's something that's so deeply seated that you can hardly explain it. And Chris was the first person I'd come across who could possibly try to put words to it. And I thought, okay, I could do this. I could hang with this. So I thought that was really, really awesome. Well, I guess uh, I want to say that uh, Chris has helped, really helped to, uh, I feel like, make the program grow. He's been able to put into words some of the things that I haven't. Um, some people might say I'm a man of few words. <laughs> uh, so Chris understands my vision, I believe, and uh, direction that I'd like to go, and he's able to uh, 
put that into words and express it in a way that's meaningful and effective. Round River, this is the first apprenticeship that I've done where I've had a kind of an HR uh, representative. And that was, I think Chris played that role really uh, effectively. And I just really admire the role that he, that he played in that, you know, having seen what it can be without that. Um, the fact that Chris is out there taking initiative and, you know, setting up structures for accountability with the training program and checking in with apprentices and making sure that we're talking about objectives and, um, and goals, not just about getting work done, but um, from an education standpoint. And that's very commendable because I know how, you know, the tendency is, is for apprentices to turn into just cheap labor that maybe start out, you know, on some kind of a training program that quickly evaporates. And, um, and that's very unmotivating for a lot of reasons. I would love to know, one of the questions that I saw was, uh, what are your favorite little moments in the day? And I know I had a million things pop into my brain, so I'm sure everybody else does too. So I would love to hear a round table of, of the little moments in the day that that you love or maybe either hate, and maybe that's why you love them. So, My favorite part of the day in the springtime was definitely tagging calves. I could do that forever. <laughs> there could be a million calves out there and I just continue to tag them until I had to fall over and fall asleep rather than go back to my house <laughs> um, as, that, as that changed though I just I love being out on the land and seeing I always try and pick one beautiful thing I see every day and kind of reflect on it and appreciate it and so being at the Brett Gray and the, the, the BX it's been incredible to have the experience to see so many new things whether it's a little piece of grass growing in a spot that I never would imagine grass could grow in or an animal I'd never seen before the clouds how they're shaped and that's really my favorite aspect of the day is getting to go out on the land and appreciate it and love it I don't think it's something I was aware of when I was first starting at the Brett Gray but having been there a little bit of time now um, I'm starting to learn what it feels like to love a piece of land because you start to understand it in some abstract way right this particular formation here looks like this at this time of day and when it rains it's like that and when it snows it's like that and and it's not because you set out to see it you just you are around it so much that you notice these little quirks um, about it so I think those moments during the day where you stop for long enough to recognize something about the land that you're walking around on or driving around on or doing your work on, um, those are pretty special. I think the most special moments for me were always wildlife encounters, whether I'm up early in the morning going for a run and the eagles and the hawks are are taking off at sunrise and circling the trees and and crying, you know, for the sun. Or a deer and her two fawns are walking in her front yard. Um, 
or seeing a herd of pronghorn, you know, sprinting at 40 miles an hour in front of your ATV. Um, yeah, and just remembering how sacred it is, uh, the, the land and, and the opportunity to be out there with the animals and, and that environment. I think part of it for me is uh, seeing you guys grow. Being able to uh, work together, come together, something you might have a problem, not sure what. Instead of calling me, you put all your brains together and yeah. figure it out. And nine times out of ten, you make a great decision and things move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have another thing. I, I think one of my favorite aspects of Friday is waking up. And having Daniel say happy Friday when we're making <laughs> breakfast together in the kitchen. It's by far the best best part of the week is a happy Friday. Oh, goodness. Everybody's answers were so poetic. And, I mean, I completely agree with, with all of it. Um, that's the thing about Mother Nature. Some the One of the ways that I express my discomfort is through humor. Um, so if I'm incredibly uncomfortable about something, you can probably tell because I'll probably be giggling and, and trying not to giggle. But Mother Nature, as beautiful as she is, she makes such a fool out of me all the time. So be I love the moments when I'll be driving through a pasture in the ATV and, you know, I'm too busy looking around at all the general splendor surrounding me. And then I'll hit a bump and it rips one side of the handle out of my hand. Then my wrist hurts and then my legs hurt. And I'm like, God dang it. I look around and I can't help but laugh at myself because there she is drawing me and sucking me in. But at the same time, there's the lesson. Hey, you need to pay attention. You know, you need to do this. You need to do that. Hmm. Um, I generally tend to be fond of the experiences that make me initially uncomfortable um, because it's 2020 hindsight. Like That happened for a reason. Uh, specifically, one that comes to mind, we were draining the troughs the other day. And I don't know why we picked the day that it had been... 28 degrees the night before and it was 48 degrees that day but I am sitting there standing on a plank in the middle of a trough trying to get these float valves off and Chris is watching me plunge both my arms up to the shoulder in the water and I just cannot get a grip on anything and he says do you want help the immediate answer no (laughs) I don't want help um and just looking back at that and, and learning you know learning how the discomfort is something that continues to teach you. So yeah, those are those are my moments. Absolutely. Well, I kind of wanted to piggyback on uh, one of your answers, Daniel, which was about how this is as much personal growth and and learning about yourself as it is learning about agriculture and nature and all these other things. Um, the question here is what are some of the biggest changes you've observed inside yourself as you've grown in in the work on the ranch Um, that could be changes in your management style um, changes in your relation to the land or just personal changes I think as we progress and as we grow there will always be another spot that then will become something that you want to work on I think for me the biggest thing that was lacking when I came into the Brett Gray to work for Round River was self-confidence and belief in that I had these capabilities and if I didn't at the time I was going to learn them very quickly Um, so for me in the past eight or nine weeks goodness I don't know how long I've been here um, that 
biggest surge already has been in confidence, and I'm sure it'll be something else very soon. I think for me, Lewis, you you had said this before, just watching us grow has been amazing. I think, like, looking back on it, watching myself grow has been amazing. Because hmm. there were times that I had no clue what I was supposed to be doing out there. You'd tell me to go do something, and I'd hop on the ATV with some supplies and go try and fix something, and I'm totally lost, looking like I'm just a fool out there. And I, I, you look at my phone records, I probably called, I think you two ended up being my top two, like... <laughs> people on my my phone list like you're my favorites over my family <laughs> just because i had called you guys so many times and thank goodness i have a new phone so you guys aren't my favorites anymore <laughs> sorry but it, it's been a, it's been amazing to watch my decision making skills change over the past eight months because i'm not i'm not calling you guys all the time anymore to figure out how to fix a fence or what to do about a situation. I'm making the decisions to, to move the herd out of a spot that I know is like dangerous for them or dangerous for our goal and vision. Mm. And I've enjoyed that a lot. And I, I guess I didn't even realize I was doing it until now, how much I've changed. But mm. I do remember looking at my phone, just thinking that I was, was going crazy. Cause I, you guys probably were going crazy with us calling you all the time. But for me, that's been the biggest, uh, I think, self-growth and I'm, I'm aware of it now which is great too because mm. that can carry carry over into every aspect of life when you learn something like that it's not just ranching it's, it's making the decisions for yourself and being able to to understand your your own growth is important I think for me boy, I don't know if it's the biggest change it's a change kind of finding a, a role for myself uh Certainly this ties into confidence. This ties into the ability to, to complete tasks. Um, but more personally feeling like whatever tool set I have fits in and it fits in well somewhere it, within something bigger, you know, an organization or the company or the ranch or whatever. Um, I didn't have that before. I, I knew I had some skills I didn't know how they were related, uh, but I think getting to use them um, in within something cohesive, I guess, to see the, the harmony between the skills um, is, is new for me. So I think that's something I'm exploring now is embodying that role or understanding what the limits of that role are, uh, not just because of ability, but also for the quality of life I want to have. Um, but it's a, it's a brand new question. What, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is uh, community and the relationship between community and agriculture. Mm. And you know, all the way back to the beginning of time, you know, beginning of agriculture and how that empowered civilization. And I think this year, you know, especially probably being in the most remote place I've, I've had to live for a prolonged period of time and then also being a part of a close team on a daily basis really highlighted to me the importance of community in agriculture mm. and it also made me realize that that's something I'm really passionate about mm. and kind of helped give me some direction in life in this agricultural journey you know, being a part of a community empowering communities 
that's something that's really core to who I am. I think uh, probably uh, I think it's probably a challenge for a lot of ranchers and stuff. Uh, they tend to know how things should be done. They want to do it themselves. They don't take the time to teach and someone else how to do it or give them the opportunity to figure it out for themselves. And uh, so sometimes just keeping my mouth shut and mm. letting you figure it out, make your own mistakes <laughs> is, uh, I think, mm -hmm. a way to grow and allow you guys to grow. Uh, I know I've had some complaints in the past that, you know, maybe things aren't structured enough that people expect, you know, they want one two steps one, two, three, and four. Uh, but the problem with ranching and life in general is that there's not one, two, three, four steps. It's a different day every day, and you have to be able to adapt and learn continuously. And so never stop learning, never stop growing. I think it's kind of a beautiful aspect of, you know, being so secluded is we have to really rely on each other and have each other's backs. And so it's been it's been great already having everyone kind of make their mark on our community and be part of it in their own unique way. And so I'm really excited to to be a part of it and to continue to be a part of it and have new people come in and make their marks and continue to make bonds with the people that are that are already there because you learn so much about them and you learn so much about yourself and you can really empower other people having that community and we have this great opportunity to um you know be a family out in the middle of rush colorado and have a good time and you know go places with each other and, and take each other to new heights I wish I could just say I'm so excited for all of it, which I am. I'm excited for all of it. Uh, I think more specifically, some of the greatest joys that I have in life come from being able to connect with others. And so coming into a space where people are already open and ready to share whatever goodness that they have is something really beautiful because I am of the opinion all this goodness that we create it's not meant for us to just keep right yes we're going to share it among ourselves and it's going to flow through us but it's going to come to a certain point where we have more than enough to share and I think that's amazing that we are creating a community where that's happening we're the catalyst for that nothing else is we are um, and that's really really powerful so I'm very excited to see how that moves forward yeah I'm really excited for Round River even though it looks like I'm not going to be on site next year but we never know what the future holds and how I might loop back around, right? Mm -hmm. But I just I'm excited for you guys because there's so much opportunity, I think, um, at Round River and um, at Brett Cray and beyond. And yeah, I mean, I just think there's so much potential. It's exciting. Well, uh, I'm not quite sure where to start, but uh, I think it all takes me back to uh, some of my early holistic management training and uh, one of the first things I got out of that was uh, the answer to that age-old question what is the meaning of life and for me it discovered I discovered that it was it meant to grow 
you first you grow physically then you begin growing mentally and then you begin growing spiritually and uh, for me you know you grow you learn all these skills and then the spiritual aspect is being able to give that back and then from there it expands and grows outward and uh, so I think that's what this whole process has done for me just throw this one out because reading this book at the time in my life when I read it is why I'm at Round River right now so that book is The Alchemist if I hadn't read that book I probably wouldn't be here so this is a bit of a stretch but I'm going to try and explain it back the best way I can so I read the book in high school My Antonia um, which is by Willa Cather and is a classic novel um and one of the reasons I fell in love with it in high school was because of the imagery of the prairie and this agricultural way of life. I have reread it time and time again now that I'm older, and each time that I read it, something else jumps out to me um, about it. And the last time that I read it, one of the most beautiful things about it was um, the narrator. He's talking about this woman who, who stayed on the ranch and stayed on the farm and how she had been through so many struggles, but he went back to visit her, and she's there surrounded by her family, investing in the goodness of the earth, and the earth is given back to her. And I have the imagery in that book imprinted in my mind. So a book that's kind of helped me focus my energy, which I think is the most important part in it, to just figure out where your energy is and what kind of enlightens you and pushes you forward, is uh, The Passion Test by the Atwoods and to me it helped me focus what I wanted to do in life and to to be able to give a hundred percent in everything I do is something that I've always wanted but I wasn't sure how to how to focus the energy or like you know maybe you can only give 90 percent because you're doing 9,000 things or you know it becomes less and less the more you uh, try and do and so the passion test kind of helped me to focus on the, fi the five things that I find to be the passions and roots of my life and with nature and agriculture and um, connecting and kind of everything that embodies regenerative and holistic ranching it kind of led me in, in the right direction where I could give a hundred percent to ranching and working and my family and my faith and everything I believe in so that was really inspiring for me to read read that book and kind of use those practices through my life I feel like this is like the nerdiest answer, but I, uh, what really led me in agriculture uh, was the design science of permaculture. And so for me, that was what really inspired me was looking through the permaculture design manual from Bill Mollison. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of people really know about that book and I'm sure a lot of people have heard recommendations from that. But I have actually met very few people that have actually read it. And um, so I would just encourage anybody related, you know, working in agriculture, dealing with land management, to to read through that and have an open mind about some of the things that it says. And I found that really inspiring. So, Daniel, I've read that book 
<laughs> and it takes a little while to read it. But <laughs> I've also read The Alchemist, and uh, along with many other books, including Alan Savory's. But probably, I guess, the one that resonates with me is uh, the Round River Essays for uh, by Aldo Leopold and his description of conservation and ecology. And uh, it's uh, kind of where based our business on and so that's what resonates with me thanks for listening to this episode of regeneration rising music by kev Rowe. shauna and i will be at the grassfit exchange conference in santa rosa california from april 3 to 5th doing a bunch of interviews for the podcast The conference theme this year has the same name as the podcast, Regeneration Rising, so it should be really good. Let us know if you'll be there, and see you next time.